In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now this is a fourth part of a series of sermons on the sacraments. And to do this, I will be continuing to outline Frank Sheed. And today's subject is the sacrament of confirmation. A short review from the last time. Sanctifying grace is the single most important thing in this life because it is absolutely necessary for salvation. Without sanctifying grace, we cannot live a supernatural life and we cannot get to heaven, let alone live there. So let's begin this week with a, with a quote from St. Fran- Vincent Ferrer concerning the end times. And he says the following, In the days of peace that are to come, after the desolation of revolutions and wars, before the end of the world, Christians will become so lax in their religion that they will refuse the sacrament of confirmation, saying that it is an unnecessary sacrament, and when the false prophet, the precursor of the Antichrist, comes, all who are not confirmed will apostatize, while those who are confirmed will stand fast in their faith, and only a few will renounce Christ. Now what is so important about confirmation that made St. Vincent Ferrer say that at the end of time, all who are not confirmed will apostatize, while those who are confirmed will stand fast in their faith, but only a few will renounce Christ? The answer is simple. Confirmation strengthens sanctifying grace in our soul. And at the end of time, things will be so bad that it will be necessary for us to have a stronger spiritual strength than just baptism if we wish to be saved. Now this is frightening, but it is also comforting for those who have been confirmed. Remember what we were talking about here is the strength of something that is absolutely necessary for salvation, which is sanctifying grace. And that's what confirmation does. It strengthens us in sanctifying grace. So what are the effects of this sacrament that make it so critical in the end times? We talked about the strengthening power of confirmation, and that is what it does by doing the following things. It increases the sanctifying grace in us that we received at baptism. It increases charity towards God and neighbor. It enlightens our understanding and strengthens our will. And it strengthens us in the gifts and the virtues and makes us more pleasing to God. The first, increasing the sanctifying grace that we received at baptism. Baptism brings life to the soul, but confirmation strengthens the soul to make us warriors, to make us soldiers. It helps us to fight against the spirit of worldliness, which is so in our face today, that it is hard to live from day to day without the daily bombardment. Now, confirmation gives us the strength to fight this growing enemy, and defeat the spirit of the world that tries to corrupt our souls. Now the second thing that confirmation does, it increases charity towards God and our neighbor. We wish to be good, to be of true and good to one another, because we have a greater desire for the salvation of other souls. And this will make us more meek and humble in dealing with others, because we are looking to the good of their souls and others, rather than how we are being treated by others. The third thing that confirmation does is that it enlightens our understanding so that we can better know our faith 
and understand reality. Our faith has to be entrenched in our understanding. We have to believe it so that we can practice it. And that gets to the next point. The sacrament of confirmation strengthens our will so that we can defend our faith. Now, there was a friend of my brother's one time who was a pilot in the Marine Corps. And uh, his nickname was T-Bags, and I'll tell you why. He used to wear his brown scapular, and the guys would see it, and they'd start to mock it. Because most of the people in his air wing were Protestant, and they didn't understand why he wore it. But he'd explain it to them, but again, they would mock him, and they would mock his faith. Now, one day they were standing in the chow hall in the cafeteria. No, we call the cafeteria in the military, it's called the chow hall. And uh, they started mocking our Blessed Mother. And so this pilot, this Marine, had had enough. So he stood up on a chair in the chow hall and said, I will begin to tell you guys about our Blessed Mother. And he began to give all of them a lecture about our Blessed Mother. They got the message. This is what confirmation does. It strengthens our will so that when we are in these situations, we can fight for our faith and we can stand up and do what is necessary to defend the rights of Almighty God. But confirmation also strengthens us in the gifts and the virtues and makes us more pleasing to God. It strengthens us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, piety, counsel, fortitude, fear of the Lord, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. It also strengthens us in the virtues, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and the cardinal virtues of prudence, fortitude, justice, and temperance. These powers of the soul are critical for us to save our souls, especially in this moral crisis which we are facing today. But unfortunately, many Catholics have surrendered to the neo-pagan world, which surrounds us and have given into the spirit of worldliness by ways of speaking, dressing, and acting. This is why St. Vincent Ferrer said what he did about how confirmation would become necessary for our salvation in the end times. Besides all of this, there is an obligation for us to be confirmed. The sanctifying grace the confirmation gives us is so powerful that the Christian who deliberately neglects so important a channel of sanctifying grace can hardly be excused from sin. Like every other sacrament, confirmation itself was instituted by our Lord. Now St. Thomas tells us that Christ instituted this sacrament by promising it according to St. John. When he said, For if I do not go, the Holy Ghost will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So our Lord had to leave this world to ascend to the Father so that he could send the Holy Ghost. So when was the Holy Ghost sent? On Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came down upon the apostles. Now we can see the effects on these apostles. Before Pentecost, they were afraid and they were hiding in the upper room. Then afterwards, they came out preaching and all going to their deaths through martyrdom, except, of course, St. John, who was thrown into boiling oil, but was miraculously preserved. Now, what is the matter and form of the Sacrament of Confirmation? Now, as we have seen before, every sacrament has matter and form. Matter, which is the material or the stuff of the sacrament, and the form, which expresses the reality of what is taking place in the sacrament. Now first, the matter of confirmation, the material or the stuff, is chrism oil along with the laying on of hands that the bishop does. 
Now this chrism oil is made of olive oil with balsam, which gives it fragrance. St. Thomas tells us that the chrism is the brightness of conscience, and the balsam is the odor of a good name. Now for the form of confirmation, the expression of reality is the words along with the laying on of hands and oil and the sign of the cross. And then the bishop says the words, I sign you with the sign of the cross, and I confirm you with the chrism of salvation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. I sign you with the sign of the cross. The cross is the sign of salvation. In fact, Constantine, when he was going off to war, our Lord showed him the cross in the sky, and under the cross was written the words, with this sign, conquer. Now, who is the proper minister of the sacrament? The ordinary minister of the sacrament of confirmation is the bishop alone. Now, the testimony from the Acts of the Apostles tells us that only the bishops gave it out, and this is why the bishop is the, is the, uh, the only minister. Now, the extraordinary minister is the priest who is delegated by the bishop. That is, he has full power given to him by the bishop to represent him and the authority to confirm. But a priest can also do this in case of emergency. But the faithful cannot do the sacrament of confirmation. In baptism, we saw that anyone could be a minister in the case of emergency or grave necessity, but this is not the case with confirmation. Why? Because baptism is absolutely necessary for salvation, and confirmation is not absolutely necessary for salvation. Now, who can receive the sacrament? Any baptized person who who has not been confirmed yet can receive the sacrament. Now, confirmation also imprints a character, just like baptism. It is an indelible mark on the soul that no one can erase, and this is why it cannot be repeated. It is a sin of sacrilege for anyone to knowingly repeat the sacrament. Now, this mark will never be erased for all of eternity. So if we make it to heaven, it will add to our happiness and it will add to the glory of God. But if we don't make it and we are eternally damned, then it will be the cause of our shame and the devils will mock us because we are marked as one of God's, but we didn't end up with him. So let's do a quick review. Sanctifying grace is the single most important thing necessary in this life. Sanctifying grace is absolutely necessary for salvation, because without it, we cannot get into heaven, or we cannot even live there. Confirmation strengthens us by increasing the sanctifying grace in our soul, and it makes us warriors for Christ. Confirmation increases charity towards God and neighbor, enlightens our intellect, our understanding, strengthens our will, and it strengthens us in the gifts and the virtues, and makes us more pleasing to God. Confirmation imprints the indelible mark of the cross on our souls, which will never be erased, and by this sign we shall conquer. So let's close with a short story about confirmation. The Emperor Julian the Apostate wanted to show publicly that he had renounced his faith, and he was now a pagan. So he gave orders that a solemn sacrifice should be offered up to the heathen gods in a pagan temple. Now he himself went to the temple in all his magnificent glory with much pomp and ceremony. Now while this sacrifice was being offered up, suddenly the knives for the sacrifice began to fall from the hands of the priests, and the fire of the altar 
was instantly extinguished. Everyone there knew that something supernatural had taken place. The high priest of the idols figured out what the cause of this was, and he cried out, Is there here present a Christian who has recently been baptized with water and anointed with oil and chrism? Now just then a young man who had been just baptized and confirmed rose up and said, O priest, I am that one, that Christian, and all that I had to do to overturn your idols and bring this disgrace upon you was to make the sign of the cross and to pronounce the name of Jesus. The emperor who at one time had been a Christian and knew the mysteries of our faith was seized with such panic and fear that the vengeance of God was then about to fall upon him that he ran out of the temple in confusion without saying a word. This courageous soldier of Jesus Christ immediately went and told the faithful what had happened. This is the power of the Holy Ghost working through someone who had just been confirmed, who had just had the indelible mark of the cross imprinted on his soul, the sign by which he conquered. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.